Hi there, welcome to Cold Turkey Podcast. This week I'm with Shaned. Ah, it was uh it was an enjoyed and appreciated every minute ride with Shaned and um I don't want to say too much. I just want, you know, like for 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 you listeners to have just enjoy every minute of it as I did. Um I'm going to finish up by telling you, as I, I do pretty much every week, but get the podcast known to your to your friends, to your family, um, share the podcast link. Um, I started um, feeding more of the YouTube channel. Um, I'm adding the kind of the visualization transformation of the audio. Uh, the podcast is exclusively in audio, but I do um, use a product called Edliner, uh, which does like a little visual out of my audio episode. So I do share some snippets on Instagram. Uh, I do have a, sh a Facebook page as well. So, you know, like every you know, like every subscription is appreciated. And yeah, so I started feeding my YouTube page so you can go take a look and subscribe. And so, yeah, without further ado, here's Shanet. Enjoy. Hey, Shanet, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, that that podcast journey is actually just, um, and we were just talking about it. But you know, like for me, it's just um, it's a uh, it's like a just like a jolt of caffeine. You know, like it, it you know, like I was kind of sluggish a few minutes earlier, but now I'm just like, oh, oh yeah, I'm good. let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, you pressed your jingle, and now you're ready to go. Exactly. You know, like I think that music just wakes me up. Um, the the um, first question I'm going to ask you is pretty much like a twofold question. The first one is, where are you located? And, you know, like, what is the, um, how is the pandemic doing for you? You know, like, how, you know, like for, for a lot of my guests, you know, like since this all, you know, like kind of shit in the storm, uh, <laughs> you know, like people have reacted and, you know, like have been impacted differently based on one, their location, but, you know, like the, 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 pretty much like the reaction of the public and health, um, you know, like authorities, uh, this, you know, like either assigning the, the whatever, you know, like meetings or, you know, like gathering as, as essential services or not. And, and then, you know, like, um, the impact that, you know, like being remote or through zoom <coughs> has had for, um, meeting with people. And so, yeah, I mean, like the, the, um, pretty much my question like you like how, how, how has the pandemic has impacted you um well it was pretty <clears throat> tough for me at first so right now i'm located in hamilton uh ontario canada and before um the pandemic happened i was actually living in the caribbean um i owned uh, a tattoo shop over there um and i moved there in 2018 so when the pandemic hit i you know and Trudeau was asking Canadians to come back. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to ride this out and see what happens. And uh, yeah, I rode it out all the way back home. <laughs> so wow. yeah, I had to leave the Caribbean to come back to, um, to Canada, but I mean, it, it could be worse. I think, you know, I dealt with uh, COVID and that beginning uncertainty in a very isolated place. Um, so that was 
a little bit tricky to navigate. But now that I'm back home and in Canada, I I feel very happy because we are uh, we have a lot of opportunity here. We have great healthcare. Um, and I have my family and friends. So, I mean, what more do you need, you know? And the, how is the place where your, your business is located doing, you know, like are they, you know, like are they impacted hard by, by the pandemic itself or, or. Well, it, it was pretty wild because at first, because it was such a small Island, um, you know, we didn't have any cases and the whole place was locked down. You know, we didn't have any tourism coming in. So for about three months, there were no flights coming in and the whole island was um you know pretty much in lockdown like we weren't allowed to go to beaches we weren't allowed to have uh, public gatherings um and because it's like a bunch of roundabouts there you always got stopped by the police so it was truly like a real lockdown when you think about a lockdown you know um i know in canada or other um countries that you know you're still able to order pizza or like go to the grocery store and that kind of thing and you know, maybe even visit friends or family, but there it was, it was pretty strict. Um, since I left, they did open their borders up to uh, the United States and uh, cases did skyrocket. Um, so as of right now, I'm not really sure what's going on there, but I do know I'm, I'm glad I got out when I did. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's nuts. I mean, um, I have, you know, like we have close friends that are in IT right now and um oh my goodness yeah and they they actually live there you know like so so for them you know like the, they're they're lucky enough to be kind of in the the privileged one you know like so so they can you know like spare you know like some of the vid- visits to the grocery store and you know all that mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, like they, they, they do share a news clip of, you know, like kind of, you know, like the, like you said, like the skyrocketing of cases and, you know, like that, um, um, there's a lot of, uh, teaching and, you know, like kind of, you know, like getting people to understand, you know, like what it means to, you know, like, and the propagation of it all. And it's, it's just crazy, you know, like, so, so, and, and, and as you said, you know, like they, they don't necessarily have the infrastructure for healthcare that we do have, um, exactly. and, and, and at the same time, um, what, like eight months, nine months in, um, you start to wonder, you know, like what, what's that balance and where's the fine line between, um, body health and mental health, you know, like, so, you know, like, you know, like where the, you know, like where does it counterbalance? And I say that where, um, I met with my, my family doctor like a few weeks uh, ago and, um, I was telling him that I planned on going on vacation in January and he was like, well, um, <laughs> you're, you're in good health. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, in, in some cases I definitely wouldn't recommend it, but he said, and I said, well, it's not about my, if I can stand having that tough flu it's about, you know, like my, my mental health, you know, like I, you know, like I need, I need a fucking break, you know, like, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where are you going to go? It, well, that's the, that's the main problem. Um, I was initially scheduled to go in, in La Martinique, um, mm-hmm. 
and uh and um my my flight carrier has changed um his flight schedule completely and so i had to cancel my airbnb there so i did that today and you know like now we're wondering um where we're gonna go um there was a you know like great news article about you know like um some of our local newspaper that you know like flew to uh cancun for example and you know like explained that you know like um with all of the um security measures and hygiene measures that they take that you know like they're taking um it's you know like it's pretty safe you know like I, we have a young kid so you know like you won't find me in a bar at 2 a.m um for multiple reasons one of them being that i have a kid <laughs> yeah well honestly traveling right now like flying back from the caribbean in july was like the most efficient cleanest travel i've ever experienced in my life so not that i'm telling everybody to go travel but like now's the time <laughs> yeah exactly like, and no lineup everything's so clean like old hotels are empty you know, like the occupancy is very, very, very low. Uh, prices are, are fantastic um, for yes. for high rated places. Um, so, you know, like we're still thinking about it. But, you know, like one thing for sure is that, you know, like it comes a point where you say, well, um, you know, like we're, we're in, you know, like we're in great health. You know, like, you know, like I don't see how it would, you know, like buckle our knees, you know, like catching that, even though, you know, like that's you know, it's probably the funniest part is that um, I'd say a month prior to all of that thing hitting everyone, um, my wife and I um, most probably got it um, based on, you know, like after that, you know, like when, when you read the list of symptoms, um, we're, I would say 90% sure that, you know, like we, we, we had it, I would say about three, four weeks before it got super public. Um, Interesting. You're not the first person that's told me that either. Uh, my friend said the same thing that she thinks she had had it in March, you know, before things really popped off. But, exactly. I mean, everyone's eventually going to get it. I know several people who, who tested positive and had symptoms for it, you know, and yep. I don't want to get sick, but you do have to, um, you know, live your life. Exactly. And you know, like it, 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 um, I mean, it's a bad flu. Um, and you know, like the, the loss of, um, the sense of smell and, you know, like the taste, yeah, it was, yeah. it was, it was so weird, you know, like, because I, um, I don't know if you know about Piet Cochon, which is like, like, a one, one of the great restaurants of, you know, like of actually in the world. And they do have a sugar shack during the, 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 winter time and and so it's like a 14 course meal and it's just fucking decadent you know like it's crazy yeah um yeah. so every year you know like you need to put yourself on like a reservation list and and um well funny enough you know like our couple from it flew down in montreal which they pretty much do every once a year and and so they came with us there and that day i was super sick you know like, but you know at the same time you know, like these people flew from from you know down from it you know like so i couldn't just like say hey, i'm too sick and whatever so you know like i you know, like I, <laughs> I found all of my courage and said, well, you know, like I'm going to just suck it, you know, like suck it up and, and go down there. Um, oddly enough between, you know, like all during the, you know, like all of the servings of the courses, I was like, well, you know, like it's not quite tasty this year. You know, like that's weird. You know, like usually <laughs> like, the, you know, like, you know, like the, the food is just like exquisitely tasty and great. And you know, like, well, eh, it doesn't taste much, you know, like it's weird. Um, 
in a few That's weeks. Because you couldn't pace because you had COVID. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so my wife was like, wow, you look like really, really down. And then she got it and um, she's asthmatic. So, you know, like she got it hard, you know, like much tougher than I did. And she oh, was, no. and she was like super sick and she was like, holy cow. You know, like that's probably one of the toughest flu I never caught. I'm like, okay, well, you know, and so we both got better and um, the, the, the couple that flew back wrote us and said have you you know like how sick have you gotten I said well you know like it was it was a tough one that was that was before you know like all of the pandemic talk and so they were like well um the husband didn't get it so tough but the wife got it really bad and we're like okay and they had their um their child you know like which are 20 something and you know like they were they were coming they, they came to the, the the dinner as well and so both of the kids were really, really sick. I was like, well, okay. And then initially, um, eventually when, you know, like all of that thing uh, grew, um, I found a, a New York Times article that said that in January, there was kind of um, an explosion of cases of like a weird flu that they couldn't identify at the time uh, in New York hospitals and realizes Post that it probably was like a one first small wave of COVID cases, um, and and it, it could have you know like and, and potentially could have moved like up north and 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 some other areas because if you know like New York mm -hmm. is such a like a central place, um, and yeah you know like so so I send the article to you know like that that couple. And right there, you know, like they just responded, holy shit, that's what we thought. You know, like, I'm like eh, it looks like it, you know, like it very, very kind of looked like it. And so, um, but that said, you know, like, you know, like even my family doctor always said, yeah, but there's the, you know, like there's some, you know, like mutation and you never know. And I'm like, eh, okay, you know, like I, 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 not that I want to take any risk, but um, we've been what they call the second wave here in Quebec. Um, we've been stuck at not doing much. And I mean, you know, like restaurant close and everything close, um, since October 1st. So it's going to be two months by the end of the November and they're already kind of preparing uh, us in not seeing much of December neither. So that's oh my a lot. Gosh. I, yeah. They said that we might go into the red zone and, uh, I don't know what that means, but I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> no, that's, that's just crazy. And so you're, you're in a region actually that, you know, like the, there was a lot of, um, complaining because, um, gets, you know, which is like right next to the Ottawa border is in red zone and they can't do shit. And they just like cross the bridge and go to restaurants <laughs> in oh, Ottawa. No, really? Yeah. Oh, and so people are, yeah, people are complaining about that, you know, but anyway, um, as I do every week, um, I'm going to ask you to um, just rewind the tape of your life story. And, you know, like I, I pretty much want to bring you to, um, you know, like you're going to draw me a bit of a family picture or family portrait. But at the same time, either, you know, like the first time you, you do have, um, uh, you know, like you, your first contact with substance or... Um, I've, I've had a lot of talk about, you know, like seeing substance use around you that has impacted you just as being witness of it all. So bring me back to that, you know, like that time, either one of them. 
Yeah, I mean, I was always, uh, I always grew up around alcohol. You know, my Nana and Papa both were heavy drinkers. Um, and, you know, we spent, my brother and I would spend summers with them. So, um, you know, I never enjoyed whiskey or the smell of whiskey. And that's what my Papa always drank. But my Nana had wine. So I remember, you know, she would make these spritzers. And I would always just kind of have a few spritzers, you know, on low key, pretending it was like ginger ale, just so I could pretend I was more adult when I was like, I don't know, probably like 10 or 11. Um, and then I remember grade eight, which is probably like 12 or 13. Um, I invited friends over and we snuck into my parents' liquor cabinet. And that was probably the first time I got very drunk. Um and I don't know, like I, I always, uh, it, it's hard to describe, I guess, like many people, um, my roller coaster relationship with alcohol, because there were so many times where I enjoyed it and I had a great time and I was fine. But then there were way more times that I blacked out or I don't remember, or I made a lot of mistakes or had a lot of regrets. Um, but that was basically high school for me was one long binge, <laughs> um, <laughs> to say it lightly. Uh, and yeah, I always, you know, would write down or would think what would my life be without alcohol? And I'd always try, you know, different tactics to quit. Um, already, you know, just like, Yeah, like in in high school when we when there was like New Year's resolutions and and people would talk like that or or my birthday, for instance, um, those are two times where I'd question alcohol and be like, maybe I could just like not drink it. Like, what would my life look like? You know, Wow, Um, but I never did anything about it. I just thought about it. Yeah, but that's uh, 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 at the same time that's surprising because you know, like there's you know, like that's one of the questions that I rudely ask uh, my my guests, you know, like which is. When is the, you know, like, when can you see kind of the first seed of wondering if, you know, like not using would change something in your life? But what you're telling me is that, you know, like there was already those questions popping up in your mind. Um, So, wow, that's surprising. You know, like, you know, like I I haven't heard that much, you know, like, so um, at the same time. I think I was just curious because there were, I was in a group, you know, I was friends with everybody in high school and there were different groups, right? And I was in it always was like partying and whatever. But then there was that group who was like excelling. And I was like, if I quit drinking, would I be happy being, you know, at their level or would I be more happy, you know, enjoying myself and and partying and doing whatever. And I always wondered if you could have that balance of being a successful person and still having fun. And I think that was something um, that I questioned for a long time in high school and, and in my twenties, like I'm in my thirties now. Um, and, and yeah, I think, I think it's a really difficult question to answer because there's so many people out there, um, that can drink and keep it, you know, at a, and I'm air quoting now, like normal level. Um, and, you know, and I think when people do question that, I think that's the time where you should probably start like questioning your relationship with alcohol, you know? Yeah. And at the same time, you know, like it, um, one of the option to actually solve it, you know, like it's just to realize that, um, well, I, I strongly believe that I do have an obsessive compulsive gene, you know, like, so, um, whatever I, you know, like whatever I, 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 
engage with, and my wife will kindly and lovely say passion, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, like I, I could, you know, like I could, you know, like lack sleep of thinking about this thing, you know, like, so, so when I, when I fell, you know, with, in love with alcohol and weed and, you know, like, it was just like, I knew so much about it, you know, like I, I could, you know, like doze and, you know, like there was, there was always, um, a thought of, you know, like I, I, I must not miss any of it. And you know, like, I need to be careful in my budget because I, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to spend X amount to be sure that I don't get short of. And it was just like a fucking, well, obsession, you know, like, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I was always thinking about, you know, like once the, once the net, next time I'm going to either roll myself one or drink myself one, you know, like it was just, um, but, but nowadays if I get, you know, like, um, even though, you know, like it, it was kind of, you know, like it was an amateur journey of, you know, like the podcasting thing, I became super, like a connoisseur, you know, like, (laughs) you know, because it became not an obsession, but, you know, like, like kind of a, that, that engagement and passion about around it, you know, like it, it became super intense. And so, um, like you, you kind of find the wisdom of not getting yourself sick about that passion. But, um, when it, when it falls into either prescribed drugs or, or alcohol or, or any kind of drug, I mean, obviously you're going to get sick around it because, you know, like right. anytime if you push it, you know, like you're going to fuck yourself up, uh, fuck yourself up actually. So, um, the other question I have is, um, what was your relation with authority? You know, like I, I usually ask that question because, um, the first contact with authority are the parents. Um, and then eventually, you know, like the, the first external or foreign, uh, relation with authority is school. Um, so what was your relation with all of it? Uh, yeah, did not like it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. Like I went to uh, a Catholic school and there, you know, I was, there was too much authority there. Uh, and I hated it. So, um, and I knew if I, um, dropped out of high school, my parents would kick me out of the house and I, uh, you know, like staying under their roof. So I ended up graduating earlier in order to avoid staying in high school for longer. Um, but that's just like the type of person I am. I suppose I'm just like stubborn like that. Um, but yeah, with the authority, I, I would say I never really, you know, I had mentors and teachers that I appreciated, but when it came to people pushing rules or ideal ideals that I didn't necessarily jive with, I definitely pushed back. Um, you know, I did get in trouble with the law while I was in high school as well. Again, like underage drinking, I got caught public drinking. Um, so yeah, so all of that was like problematic for sure. So I, I wouldn't say I had the greatest, uh, relationship with authority, uh, especially during my teen years, you know, I've smartened up now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, you talked about, you know, like being, you know, like placed, well, not placed, but you know, like, um, um, joining a Catholic school. What was, mm-hmm. you know, like the household, like, you know, like, was there a lot of authority? Was this, you know, like, was it like a strict household? Oh, it was so strict. Well, we had, uh, like, well, my household was kind of strict, but not really. I think my parents worked a lot, uh, you know, to um, provide for my brother and I, but we also had babysitters that would, you know, go against my dad's wishes. So I think that was always a bit of a struggle growing up. Um 
but going back to like the Catholic school, like in high school, we'd have a commissioner, he was called, and he would walk around the high school and tell us like if our uniform wasn't tucked in or, you know, we weren't wearing the right shoes. And I just thought that was so silly. Um, And I would always like, you know, argue with him and give him fake names. Like it was so wildly inappropriate though. You know, he would say like, you know, my pants are, weren't, you know, school pants. I'd be like, well, stop looking at my butt. You know, I was just such a brat with him, (laughs) but I can remember (laughs) that vividly. And um, you said that you finished high school uh, earlier. Was there any, you know, like, um, Cause it's probably one of the toughest time to be asked, you know, like what you're going to do with your life. You know, like, I, you know, like I remember that was just a nightmare because you know, like I, I didn't even know what was my place in life. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and you're asked. That's too much pressure for high school kids. <laughs> I feel like it's crazy. It happens already. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. But yeah, I, I remember, well, I, I definitely loved film. So at that time I was actually working background and doing like extra work in movies and stuff. And I really enjoyed that. Um, so I thought that I was going to do that, but then I tried film school and I realized it wasn't for me. Um, but in high school, yeah, I always wanted to be in the arts. Um, so I'm a, I'm a tattoo artist now. So that's kind of where that went. And, um, while we're on the the top topic of graduating early, I actually did all the schooling that I was supposed to do in my art class because I had done all of my art assignments early. So my art teacher would let me sit in art class and do like my English, you know, my grade 12 English, um, because I had done all my other assignments. So I had it, I had it going on. Like, even though I was, you know, a fucked up kid, I had goals <laughs> and, I, and I, and I pursued those goals. <laughs> Which is, you know, like, you know, like a lot of the people that I talk to, you know, like I are, are actually gifted, you know, like that there is, there is something, you know, and, and we're, 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 um, if we can get by and, 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 you know, like either in lying and manipulating so many people around us, you know, like especially around our substance abuse, um, mm-hmm. it, you know, like it, it definitely needs some kind of street and, 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 you know, like intelligence, you know, like, um, you know, like there, there's something about us that, you know, like we, we, we navigate through life in such a way that, you know, like we, well, first of all, you know, like we, we usually live kind of a double life, you know, like where that, that drunk passed out, um, fucked up kid has to mm-hmm. gun, go through, as you say, you know, like super strict environment and, you know, like you need to look almost your best, but at the same time, you know, you can, you can get wasted and pass out somewhere. Um, and so, yeah, you know, like a lot of the people that I talk, you know, like are, are actually gifted, you know, like we, we, we're, we're smart, you know, so, um, yeah, she's smart <laughs> for our own good. Almost, almost. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it makes us, you know, like, um, especially in the creative, um, it's, it's, it's incredible, you know, like we can freestyle and lie our, our ass out of any kind of problems. And well, I think that, it's also like what makes, what a lot of creative people think that those substances make them more creative, you know, and they think that they need that in order to do X, Y, and Z, you know, there's comedians who feel like they need to drink or do cocaine. So they have the energy and the charisma. So they go on stage, you know, have you There's believed that for a while paint and like, you know, drink wine while they're painting. Cause they think that makes them more fluid. But, 
um, you know, that was my thing was I would drink a bottle of wine every night and I would draw or paint. And then the next morning I would hate it. <laughs> yeah. And I never understood like why I thought that I was so talented and gifted while I was drinking, you know, and so and, you, like you that did... was, was giving me my edge. But in re- reality, like I'd wake up the next day and be like, oh, that's garbage. And so you did believe that for a while. Oh yeah. That was like, that was my, my thing for probably like six years, I would say like every single night. Yeah. And, um, so, so you said that you, you did venture a bit, you know, like with the, you know, like, uh, dramatic arts and, and, and movie thing in college, um, was there, you know, like any changes of program or, or anything, you know, like what led you to tattoo? Uh, yeah, well, I was, I, I felt like there were too many moving parts in the film industry and I am more of an introvert than an extrovert. Um, I'm an extrovert when I drink, I'm more of an introvert. And I think that that also led to why I did drink a lot. Um, but yeah, I think I just wanted something that was a little bit more intimate in my creative approach. I like drawing for one person and having clients and For me, that just made more sense. Um, and when I was in film school, I was doing all like the art direction, the, the background painting, the storyboarding, and everybody was like, why aren't you an artist? And I was like, well, I don't like computers because I thought I was just going to be a graphic artist or an animator or something. And then I ended up getting a tattoo and I was like, wait a minute, I think this is, this is for me. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I got a tattoo and then I ended up working counter at a tattoo shop And I was probably like 18 or 19 then. And it was like two or three years before I could get an apprenticeship. But uh, yeah, I got to say, if you are have drinking or drug problems, a tattoo industry <laughs> is a slippery slope. So that definitely propelled me in the wrong direction um, in regards to like, you know, drugs and alcohol. That's for sure. I definitely found myself in a lot of um, sticky situations. Um, Can you elaborate on that, Shined? Yeah, like, oh, man, I don't know. I've just seen, I've seen people do terrible things for drugs. And I've seen people do stupid shit while they were drinking. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I personally was, I'm, I'm, I guess you could say I'm lucky. I just never really enjoyed doing drugs that much. So, um, you know, I never really had a problem with saying no to cocaine or anything else. Um, my thing was just always drinking. So, I mean, I could tell you so many stories. I don't even know. I don't even know where to begin. The tattoo industry is just full <laughs> of uh, interesting people. Um, but I'll, you'll have to wait until I release a book. How's that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's perfect. That's product placement, Shanette. Right. I'm proud of you. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. I just like I go through like a card catalog of all these crazy stories. And I just like can't believe it most of the time. But um Yeah. I but mean, is it, is it the proximity? I work in a tattoo shop and everybody in the shop, well, 95% of us are all sober. So we call ourselves like retired shitheads because <laughs> none of us drink alcohol. <laughs> but is it, is it the proximity to kind of the criminal world? Because you know, like the, the tattoo industry has changed so much in the past decade, oh you know, God, decade. So you know. much. And like, I've been in it for 15 years and like 15 years ago, I worked at a biker shop and that's probably where like all my, crazy stories come from but yeah like the the everything has changed since it went on television i'll tell you that much like i've seen it since before it had reality shows and now after and it's a completely different circus yeah and it, it got 
quote unquote, much cleaner, right? You know, like, I mean, I would say so, yeah. Yeah, because it, it, it was um, marginalized for so many years. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, like, even, even my own dad, you know, like, not that he wants a tattoo, but, you know, like, he would have, you know, like, almost tell me that he would rip my heart my arm out <laughs> you know like if if i ever got ink on me and uh and you know I got what? my one. mom still doesn't like my tattoos i got a huge tattoo for her and i asked her if she wanted to see it and she still says no but i'd go to the malls with her at the beginning of like my career with my tattoos and people would compliment me all the time when i was around her and i'd be like see mom see mom i'm like a walking billboard and even to this day She's still like me whenever I get a new tattoo. So I feel like <laughs> parents who believe that, like it just stays with them. Even though I've even tattooed my mom. I like tattooed my mom like four years ago. <laughs> and wow. she still doesn't care about my tattoos. So I feel like sometimes with parents, they just don't change. Yeah. I mean, like, and, and my guess is that, you know, like they probably still see us in our diapers and, you know, I can't imagine that you're, we're actually quote unquote, messing her buddy up, you know, like, so, you know, like, <laughs> exactly. And then I'm like, mom, I could be messing my body up on alcohol and drugs, but I'm putting pretty art on it now. So exactly. I mean, <laughs> take what you can get. Yeah. Um, so bring me back to that, you know, like you talked about, you know, like being going downhill on a slippery slope, you know, like, you know, like where, you know, like to, to what end does that slope brings you? Yeah. Well, I think I, I was kind of sick of it you know like I think I was just tired of I was sick and tired of being sick and tired um I was working in an environment that was a bit toxic at the time and I was actually seeing like what was going to happen to me in the future if I didn't like start cleaning up my act um you know I was starting to feel depressed and I wasn't really feeling good about my the work I was doing um And so, yeah, so I thought I was like, I'll just try, you know, quitting alcohol for 30 days. And up until that point, I'd never quit alcohol for more than like maybe a week. So like the idea of 30 days was a lot. Um, And I ended up the first time I kind of quit for for those 30 days was uh, in June. And like, you know, Canadian weather, June, July, that's like patio season. That's like the time everybody's getting out and excited about the summer. The worst time. The worst, could, <laughs> yeah. the worst time. Sorry. The worst time. Exactly. So it's like if I could quit during like the, you know, the best slash worst time of the year, um, then I could, you know, then I can quit forever. So that first 30 days, I didn't even like leave my house. I didn't do anything but just like paint and draw and kind of like do the things that I love doing, but like without alcohol. Because like I said, like, I drank a bottle of wine every night, painting and drawing for my tattoos the next day. So I just started with that. Um, and I replaced, like, I'm sure a lot of people do this. You just replace alcohol with something else. So I ended up getting like all these boxes of drumsticks, like the, those ice cream cones, you know? Yep. Um, and I, I replaced alcohol with ice cream for like the first two weeks. Um, and then I started getting sick of ice cream and I was like, damn, I wish like I could get sick of alcohol the way I got sick of ice cream so fast, you know? Um, and then, so after 30 days, I realized, you know, I still like, even though that was an accomplishment, I still didn't feel confident enough to go out in public and like be around people who are drinking. Um, so that's when I really started doing more research and, and looking into, you know, self-help books and, um, just kind of changing my mindset. 
Um, I had a friend who was going to AA and she did invite me to go to a meeting. And I personally just didn't feel aligned with AA and I, I didn't end up, end up going. Um, I just, for me, it's like, I didn't want to sit around and talk about the thing that we weren't doing. I kind of wanted to just like distract myself, you know? So I didn't, and because I feel like, you know, a privileged white girl from the suburbs, I didn't want to hear everybody's story and compare my story with theirs. And I felt like that's what I was going to do. I would go there and I would hear all these really sad stories and be like, well, that's not my situation. You know, like I'm not that bad, but we should never be comparing ourselves to other people when it comes to recovery. Um, That's the big lesson I had to learn. And when I quit all the times that I've quit. Um, So yeah, so then I did 60 days and then, I went, I finally went to a party and I got called out at the party. Um, and I felt labeled. I felt like an alcoholic and I really never wanted to use that term in regards to myself. Um, and so again, I had to like go down and and do some more deep dives and do some self-discovery and read more books and listen to more podcasts and do a lot of journaling. Um, and then I ended up getting to a year of sobriety and I was like, okay, I'm healed. <laughs> I can drink again. Um, and I'll like, I'll never forget having that first drink and just feeling that serotonin and that warmth in my body and being like, Oh my God, like this is what I missed out on. And then getting drunk and feeling like the worst I've ever felt in my life the next day, you know, like just, I was so disappointed with myself and I was just ugh, like still even thinking about it. Cause I, I, I go back to that time and be like, if I had just not, um, if I had just kept going, you know, if I never yeah. had that drink, like I would have been sober for so much longer, you know, but I think I needed to have that drink to remind myself again, Oh, this is why you don't do this anymore. And I think that's what happens to a lot of people when they first, um, you know, are sober curious. They think that they're fine and that everything's good. And then they have that drink again and they, and they kind of go down that slippery slope again. Um, and then, and then, yeah. And then it was like three years of on and off the wagon of quitting for three months, quitting for six months, drinking again for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, no, but safe to say, I feel the best I ever have because I finally feel like I've um, overcome the hurdle in my mind of why I don't drink. I kind of found my why, you know? Yeah. And why is it? For me, it's just for peace of mind, you know, it took a while for me to realize that when you put rules and regulations kind of going back to like that whole authority thing that we were talking about earlier on your drinking. It's like this whole conversation that you have in your head with, and you can't really enjoy yourself, you know? Um, Like I'm only going to have one glass of wine or I'm only going to drink when I celebrate, or I'm only going to have drinks on the weekends. Like even putting all those rules on myself didn't feel good, you know? And it's like, at the end of the day, the freedom that I get from just simply saying no and not even having that be a part of my life is so much more rewarding and uplifting and, and such a relief 
because I don't even have to worry about it anymore. It's not an issue. And it's, it's, it's actually a feeling of, um, like trying to cut down. It's, it's funny because, um, in Quebec, the only, um, um, public funded and I mean, government funded therapy that are offered, um, are actually those that they say are, um, uh, in French, they call that réduction des méfaits, which would be, um, like reducing misbehaviors, um, And so they encourage um, some kind of um, reasonable consumption of substance, mm. which for me is just having almost like an Excel, a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet and, you know, like checking the box of, oh, I've had my third drink today, so right. I shouldn't drink, you know, like, and, and you just said it best, you know, like th there is something around, um, there's an AA saying that's a, Uh, one is too many and a thousand not enough, you know, um, mm. I was pretty much built that way. You know, like if I, if, if I had, you know, I like can, and, and you know, like you, you talked about ice cream and it made me think that I, you know, like I, I have been, I've, I've done once eating too many candies and got sick of eating too many candies, you know, mm -hmm. like, and, and they were whatever they were, you know, like Skittles or <laughs> whatever, you know, like, of, you know, like, like just picking in the bag and, and, um, and I've been with my wife for what, 12 years now. And, um, she can, you know, like sometimes she can see me, you know, like, especially with food, just like, Oh, you know, like we've, you know, like you've opened the gate, you know, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, yeah, well, I'm, you know, like I, I can't stop being hungry, you know, like, it, it, you know, like I, I'm, I'm, and, and, you know, like I realize that, you know, like this is, you know, like it's probably running in my blood, you know, like I need to be careful all the time, you know, like, so by it's, it's, so it becomes a black and white situation. Mm -hmm. It's not about, you know, like one drink and I'm good. If I get that first drink, a thousand won't be enough. Um, right. And it becomes kind of a, you know, like almost like house of the, house of the crazies, you know, like it just, you can't yeah, live I, like I that. Think it's, I think the ultimate thing in life too is, is balance. Right. And I think when we do abuse anything, ice cream, cookies, whatever, it just ruins it and it tarnishes it. But for some reason, when it comes to alcohol, it's just, it's just poison. You know, there is no nutrients. There's nothing beneficial from it. It just literally is tarnishing our body so to because it is poison thing, just like it's ethanol right like this this just yeah. change that mindset too right like i'm literally getting no nutrients there's nothing that's benefiting me from this so why am i doing this to myself like out of more out of self-hate than self-love because if i truly had self-love for myself i wouldn't be putting that shit in my body you know yeah. and i think that's something that you know, with my coaching clients that I try to just reframe your attitude towards what this is, because it's given to us and marketed to us as this like magic elixir that's going to solve all our problems when in reality it causes all of them. Well, you said it best, you know, like, the, like, why would you, you know, like, what's the difference between eating too many cookies and, you know, drinking alcohol is that alcohol at the end of the day, you know, it can actually fucking kill you. You know, like, I mean, <laughs> it, 
the the cookie the cookie can i mean like don't get me wrong like you know like if you I mean, eat cookie, too many the cookie death is much slower than the alcohol <laughs> <death>. <laughs> suicide by cookie eating is yeah. much rare you know like you see that less but I mean, but, well i mean it's it that in itself you know food addiction is a problem as well and i i feel big so time for sad for people who do struggle with food because again it's you know i don't want to say it's the same but it is similar to alcohol where it is marketed you do like you need food to live so where's that balance right where it's like at least with alcohol you can just say no like get it out yeah. of, get it out of here <laughs> and up, up, utmost respect to you know like the people that you know that overcomes um those problems and you know like it's funny because um not funny but you know like it's it's um It made me think a lot today because I've actually scheduled for someone that's going to talk to me about um, um, pl gambling problems Interesting. in the next in, in the next few weeks. And um, for me, you know, like that's one of the as food addiction is one of the scariest one because you know, like you you're actually doing this out. You know, like you're doing this cold. You know, like there's there's nothing that actually mess messes up your mind. Um, So both gambling and eating and eating even worse because, you know, like, as you said, you know, like you need to eat f to live, you know, like if, you know, like you, you, if you don't eat, you're going to die. And so finding that balance is, you know, like a, a kind of a, almost like a, it's, 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 it's walking a thin line of, you know, like knowing yourself to a point of, you know, like utmost precision, you know, like it's, mm -hmm. and, and it's, um, And it, 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 that makes me think of, you know, like the first few months I used to have like a, a card game at home, um, which I would get, you know, like just blasted in any shape or form. But um, um, I, I had a card game with, you know, like four, at least four buddies of mine that were close friends. And the, for the first few months, I didn't want to play because, you know, like I was told in therapy that, you know, like anything could be... Um, almost an excuse to, you know, like, and so gambling was something that, yeah. you know, like I needed to be careful about. And, um, I eventually, you know, like missed the game so much and, you know, I kind of knew that, you know, like I, I, since it was at cold, you know, like I had to be super careful around it. And so there were two occasions where, you know, like I, I, so I, I initiated a first game at home and, um, and I felt that switch, you know, like kind of that tilting switch. I was like, holy shit. Okay. That's what it is. Mm. And, and decided to, you know, like I, we, we wouldn't play, um, cause not that we played big money, but you know, like I had to be careful about that. And so we then played, uh, at some place outside. And, um, I remember because it was so cold out and, um, I lost like that 20 bucks that I played and wanted to buy myself back. And while I was putting my coat on to, to find an ATM, I realized that, you know, like it was the switch, you know, like kind of that tilting switch again. And I was yeah. like, okay, okay, I need to go home. You know, like, it, you know, that's going to be hit. And, you know, like I, if I, if I do get that, you know, like kind of, you know, like that, that switch tilted, you know, like I need to just go home and forget about it. And it's funny because, you know, like 15 years later, um, I still play with these friends and, you know, like we, we tend to play board games more than anything. And, you know, like oh, we nice. play less and less cards and, and it, it came naturally, you know, like it was nothing that, you know, like it was because, you know, like we, you know, like any of us 
it was just like, okay, you know, like it got boring and, you know, I decided to play something else. And um, the other occasion that, you know, like it happened in, in kind of knowing yourself and, you know, like identifying very early on, I was asked by a friend that's a musician to go to a bar because, you know, like they were actually kind of um, showcasing. So they knew that they were managers and eventually record label assisting and, you know, like uh, being present there. And mm-hmm. so th- that guy I knew from you know like very you know like for for a long time and so he asked me to go and you know like just watch their showcase and um so i sit at the bar and kind of you know like introduce myself to the bartender and say well my name is alex what's yours my name is mike hey hi mike um I don't drink, so don't serve me alcohol. And the guy was like, well, well what the fuck? You know, I get <laughs> so like, why are you sitting I, at my bar? <laughs> exactly. So I asked for a sparkling water and an hour or 45 minutes in, I had drink six sparkling water. And so sure enough, you know, like I had to go pee and, you know, like, so I go to the bathroom and realizes that, you know, like that switch was, um, you know, like it tilted. And I was like, okay, that the only thing that's going to happen tonight is that, you know, like, I'm going to get broke buying sparkling water because it's like 10 times the price. And uh, I'm going to, you know, I, I'm just going to pee, you know, like I'm not going to get a buzz out of that, you know, like, so just wake the fuck up, Alex, you know, like just, you know, like get back on track and, you know, like slow down on your drinking the sparkly water and you're going to be okay. You know, like, so. Yeah, you be burping all night too. Exactly. And so it was just. Um, as time went, I had to know myself enough and coming back to, you know, like food disorder or, you know, like, um, or, or game, you know, like the, you know, gambling disorder, um, you know, like they don't have much time in finding, uh, or, or, or knowing themselves enough to identify that. Well, that's what it is. And I think that's what the problem is with, um, (laughs) with society essentially is, is the lack of mindfulness and the lack of self-awareness. I think, you know, if we all kind of took a step back and thought about things before we followed through, um, understood the root of why we do the things that we do, we would be a lot more free. I want to say maybe not necessarily happy because I think it does take a lot of work, um, to be self-aware and to do the work on yourself. Um, but the, the, like, it is so rewarding, you know, it's, um, it's some days are a lot harder than others, but it is so rewarding to be able to catch yourself in those moments, like while you're putting your jacket on and stopping yourself from doing something that, you know, your future self wouldn't be happy about. And I think that's like the whole struggle that people find themselves with addiction and with recovery is is kind of like silencing your inner critic or being, you know, stronger than the little devil on your shoulder um, and finding your why, because, you know, there are going to be so many times where that why might not be strong enough um, or your excuses just might be, you know, a little bit too prominent. Um, But to have that self-awareness to know, you know, if I do this, this is the outcome let's take a step back. Let's take 20 minutes, let's take a few breaths, whatever it is to stop you from making a bad decision. Um, and I think if more people practice mindfulness and, and self-awareness, we would have a better, a better world. And, and, 
the other thing, you know, like there's, there's two things that comes in, into my mind. Um, the first thing is, you know, like a great lesson that, you know, like I, I've learned through, you know, like the anonymous literature is you get more by giving it back. Mm. Um, you know, like, and, and, you know, like, um, for, for instance, you know, like that podcast is, is, is my way of giving it back. And, and it, it, um, it gives me more, <laughs> you know, like it actually gives back more than what it is for me to give it out. You know, like, so, you know, like, it's, mm-hmm. you know, like sure enough, it's a lot of work, but you know, like, um, but, but, you know, like what, what it brings me is, is, is crazy. You know, like it, it there's, there's no, there's no word that describes, you know, like the, the, the good that it, does to me um i feel the, the same way is- like i i do coaching for that reason you know i don't do it to make money i do it to to help people and to be that sober friend that i never had and have getting on a call with somebody for 30 minutes and just working out those little brain kinks you know that's making them drink or having a complete stranger um give them a different perspective like that's so much more rewarding to me, um, by giving back in the, in this community as well. So I totally feel you on that. That's something I'll agree with, with AA. (laughs) Yeah. And, and the other thing is that, um, recently one of the, uh, one of my wife's closest friend, um, has died of cancer at 40 years old. And, um, and that was like two weeks ago, you know, so, so so, sorry to hear um, that. And it's the second time in my life, um, there was, it was, you know, like, um, I think it was 10 years ago. Um, it was my stepdad, my, actually my father-in-law girlfriend, um, that a few months, a few months short of earth taking her pension from something like working for the same place for over 30 years, I think. Oh my God. Um, got lung cancer and sure enough you know like you know like she was a smoker you know like you know like the the the, the usual story right you know, like right. you know like everyone but at the time it had hit me so hard because i was like holy shit you know like all of the you know like she didn't have a lot of planification of you know like kind of you're know, like okay now's the time you know like in a few months to you know like to kick the bucket list and you know like to get things moving and all that but you know, they had plans you know like they they, they just they were like a few months short of starting to, you know, like do some stuff. And, and next thing you know, like they get, they get the diagnosis and, you know, like she, she, she died within a year, you know, like it was just crazy. Uh, um, heartbreaking. that at the time for me was kind of my way of, um, uh, cut on the smoking and, um, and eventually starting, you know, like starting to get in back in shape, you know, like, so I started running, doing like obstacle course and Spartan races and all that. And that was like almost 10 years ago. And then, and then almost like in, in very, in, in short time, like the, the, um, my wife's friends got her first diagnosis of, you know, like some lymph, you know, um, lymph, um, lymphoma lymphoma and um and it you know like it eventually um grew to her brain and you know like it was just just horrible you know like just just you know like tragic story and um but she was 40 years old you know like and so it's the second time that you know like it it makes me think about you know how very little time we got Mm -hmm. um 
I don't have time. You know, like, so, so there's a lot of shit that, you know, I used to kind of brew over and over and over, you know, like thinking, you know, like getting frustrated about, you know, like what, what's, what's, what's this shit worth? Uh, you know, like, you know, like so many things that, you know, like I would just like bloat my brain around Yeah. that, you know, like those two stories made me, um, just, um, I would say almost like, like, um, backwash how much I would fill my brain with bullshit. Yeah. It gave you like a clearer perspective on, on life and the value of life. Right. Yeah. And the value of everything, you know, like, mm -hmm. and, and you realize, you know, like you realize much quicker, how much there's very little that has value at, you know, like bottom line, you know, like human contact has value, your family mm -hmm. and close friends has value, it, you know, like, but, but, you know, like I, I think about, you know, like the generation we're in right now, which, mm -hmm. you know, like with, with, you know, like the selfies and then, you know, like, I don't want to, you know, like sound old, you know, I'm 45 for God's sake, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, but what I'm saying is that, you know, like there's, there's, there's really something that, you know, like at some point you're like, fuck that you know like i i don't i don't have time for that you know like i don't have time for even like people that you know like you know like you talk with people that just brood the same shit over and over and over and mm -hmm. you know like it 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 eats you alive you know like and so it's, yeah stress is not good for your health either it's it's just as bad if, if anything worse it shortens your it life does. Span, that's for sure it just eats you, you know, mm -hmm. like, and, and, and at some point it's just, okay, okay. I, even, um, arguing with someone, you know, like even, even fighting with someone and then, you know, like even close ones, you know, like you, you're gonna argue about stupid shit and you're like, it's like, okay, we don't have time, you know, like we need to find every moment to enjoy it. You know, like we, if, if it's, if, if we waste just a, a minute more of, you know, like fighting over some stupid fucking argument, you know, like why? There's <laughs> you know, no like, point. There's no point. And you never know, you know, like you could be, you could be, you know, like you're you, like, like the best friend, you know, like, and, and, and just don't really have time, you know, like, and, yeah. and, 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 um, so, yeah, I mean, like it's for me, you know, like those are lessons that, you know, like it's, it's weird how the human is, is you know, like our were built, right? You know, like it seems like I needed that to realize that, you know, like it's just, it's fucked up because, you know, like, you know, like no one needs that, you know, like. Well, that's the thing, so, like so, that's, I guess that is in like a, a terrible way of saying, you know, in loss, we find value in things, you know, like for instance, like this pandemic that we're in, like how, how much we need human connection and gatherings and socialization and all the things that have been taken away from us, even in this pandemic alone, you know, that have given us more appreciation for the little things, you know, seeing somebody's and face, seeing them smile for God's sakes, like, you know, and but yet, Jeanette, we haven't seen, we've never seen as much fragmentation as right now, which is mm -hmm. weird. You know, like for me, it's just, you know, like hate on social media right now is just out of this world. <laughs> you know, like the, the, the it's all feeding the, into it though, right? Like you were kind of saying before, for you know, the mental and physical health is all deteriorating as well, you know, with our loss of gyms. Yeah. And now we, we live in Canada, you know, the 
we won't be able to go outside, you know, to go for a run or for a nice walk. We're going to have to bundle up. Like these are all little things that are, I think, piling on to the, to the negativity of the world as well. Right. You're isolating people and taking them away from human connection. We're all going to feel separated in some way. Yeah. And it's easier to attack people behind your computer and on social media. Yeah. And it's scary because, you know, like if, if, if people finds, you know, like tries to find value, um, you know, behind his desk and his, you know, like in in his computer screen, um, you know, not only are they missing, but you know, like they're, they're, they're building something that's, that's just an empty shell of nothingness, you know, like it's just, um, for me, you know, like that, you know, like, you know, like I, I initially asked you the question about, you know, like the impact of the pandemic, you know, like that was probably, I was not like the biggest ugger and the biggest, like, like, um, you know, like, but, but human contact or, you know, like feeling the human, um, kind of, you know, like, I don't know, like, I, I guess brainwave. Like you need yeah. that. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like I, yeah, I remember doing like the first few zoom meetings, um, of AA or whatever, and, and realizing that, oh shit, you know, like it's, it's not there, you know, like it's, it's like a bunch of squares with people's face on and, but it means nothing for me. Like, mm. it's just, it's not working, you know, like, and, and still, you know, like I, I, I do, uh, you know, like I have something scheduled every Tuesday and, um, I have a hard time connecting, you know, like, and, 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 and I mean by that, you know, like, which is odd because, you know, like I'm, I'm obviously connected, but you know, like it's, it's, um, I get a better, um, connection doing it one-on-one, even though we can't see each other's face, mm-hmm. I find a better co- a connection there than I do with, with 20 something people, you know, like on, on like, like a full screen of people, um, it's tough, you know, like it's, it's still tough. Um, and my wife and I, my wife is way more social than I am. Uh, but, but, you know, like we've been, um, we, we've pretty much rebelled against some of those rulings, um, because we needed it, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, like we had, we had long talks about it and I was like, well, yeah, you know, like let's invite friends and you're like, not, you know, like we're not filling the house full, but you know, like we we're, you know, we're going to have a couple of friends and talk and, you know, like, you know, like get, you know, like click close, you know, I can discuss and, 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 you know, like having talk just helps, you know? So, yeah. I totally get it. It's a, it's a crazy time, man. And if people are out there and they're doing it sober, all the power to you. Cause like, this is, some tough, uh, you know, so a tough year to navigate. And I just have to, uh, you know, give love to all the people who are, who are even struggling too. It's, it's not easy right now. That's for sure. The, the, one of the last questions I want to ask you is, um, how do you maintain, what's your, what's your sobriety diet? How, (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness well i still love ice cream so we always have to have a little bit of that um yeah i think uh when i first when i first started quit alcohol was when i really started to get serious about my health you know i um ended up getting a trainer and getting more excited about eating healthy um so i kind of i kind of just stay on that i'm i'm really i'm interested in biohacking but i'm really you know i struggle with taking my supplements you know <laughs> like i love the idea of being very healthy um 
So I do try to uh, constantly strive towards being my most uh, optimal, healthy, uh, clear-headed self. Um, you know, if I'm having a really bad day, I, I need to exercise. That's my, that's how I relieve depression and anxiety and how I feel a hundred times better is just moving my body for at least 20 minutes uh, a day. If I'm in a funk, I go for a walk outside. Um, yeah, I think, I think going for walks, listening to podcasts, reading books, uh, really just like self-care. I'm a big, big fan of self-care. Um, and that's basically how I keep sober. Oh, and journaling. Oh my God. That is like my number one thing is journaling. Um, I've been writing in a diary for like, I don't know how many years now. I want to say like 10 years. Um, my mom's given me like the same, uh, the same diary every single year. And going back and reading how far I've come um, or seeing goals that I've crushed like years later that I didn't even think was a thing in the back of my mind is so uplifting and rewarding for me because it, I get to physically see the progress. Um, you know, there's like working things out mentally and not writing it down, I think does you a disservice. I think writing yep. stuff down gets it out of your system, whatever you're struggling with. There's no judgment when you write it down on a piece of paper when it's for yourself. And I think to read that and to see that something that I was struggling with maybe eight years ago, now I don't even think twice about, I know that that means I am leveling up and I'm progressing with my mental health. And when it comes to any sort of addiction, it's all a mental health game. And I think when you journal and you write stuff down and you get to see how far you've come, um, you know, it's almost like a weight loss challenge or something, you know, when you, you take a before picture and you don't actually see the progress until you take that after photo six months later, or you put on yep. those jeans that don't fit you anymore. That's kind of like what writing in a journal is for your mental health. And I cannot stress enough how important it is to, um, to just write your thoughts out, get them out on paper and, and, um, you know, what is it? What's the word I want to use? Basically digest digest your inner yeah. turmoil in that way can you can you elaborate Jeanette, on that you know like uh, you know like how do you structure that you know like because you, you're pretty much one, one of the first guests that um kind of you know like um focus on the importance of journaling you know like even though i know that a lot of people yeah. you know like are doing it um I, you know, are, do you structure that or it becomes kind of a more of a personal diary? You know, like uh, it's, how it's do you? Both because because I'm a subcontractor and I have clients, like I think I started just by writing down like a to-do list, you know, and even a simple task, like checking something off on a to-do list, even if it's as simple as like flossing your teeth that day or, or going to get groceries or doing your laundry, just checking that off gives you like a little bit of a dopamine hit, you know, it gives you that sense of like, okay, I feel accomplished, you know, like I did something today, I did something productive, that was good for me. Um, so that's how it started for me. And then, you know, if I was having, say, you know, I was in a bad relationship, but I couldn't really see it, you know, I could, when you're in something, you don't really see the signs. So I would start mm -hmm. writing stuff down, you know, little things he would say that, would upset me. And, you know, I wasn't sure how to react and I didn't want to get angry or, you know, I didn't want to tell him how I felt. So I would write it down. And then all of a sudden I started seeing patterns and 
then I started writing stuff down, like thoughts that I was having, maybe, you know, negative thoughts I was having about myself. And again, seeing patterns. And that's, I guess, what the journaling does is help you see the patterns and that, you know, this isn't maybe the first time uh, you thought negatively about yourself. You've actually been doing this quite often and like that needs to change. So how are you going to change that? And writing down in your journal, like I'm going to stop speaking negatively about myself instead I'm going to say the opposite, you know, I'm going to say how great I am in the mirror every day and, and say those affirmations because it's what you are, how you are speaking to yourself is how you are, how you are allowing other people to speak towards you. You know, if you don't have to hold yourself with high esteem, no one else is going to either. So building that self-confidence by those little things of being again, more self-aware is what journaling is going to help you do. Yeah. I mean, this is, um, you know, like that there's a lot of, you know, like that there's a lot of literature that talk about, you know, like doing like a daily inventory of yourself, you know, like just, just, um, either in the morning or, you know, like at night, just, um, yeah. I mean like a daily inventory. Well, there is, yeah. So there's, there's so many ways to do things and there, and, and again, it's one of those things where you're just going to have to find something that works for you. Um, there was one, uh, I want to say like, there's one activity, mindfulness activity that you can do. I used it for a little bit. It didn't really work for me, but I, I did, I do keep it, uh, around and it's basically like a manifesto of your life or of the life that you want to live. And, um, it's been called the upward spiral guide. You know, we all have our downward spirals, but what's going to bring you, bring you up again. Right. So this upward spiral guide basically is you writing about yourself in the future. So if somebody were to write about you in 20 years from now and what you've accomplished and the type of person you are, just write that down. And they like, you're told that you're supposed to write it down and read it every morning or every night. You can even um, audio record it yourself, reading it to yourself. And, and that's supposed to go, you know, it's supposed to be kind of like, subliminal messaging towards yourself and um, kind of reading the goals that you want to attain that you've already attained in the future. Um, you know, that helped a little bit for me. I, I personally found it a little bit cheesy, but some people it works for them, you know? And again, it's just like another kind of journaling tactic that you can use um, as, as positive self affirmations, you know? Um, but I have, there's been so many times where I've just like, you know, scribbled down like, I'm going to be a New York Times bestseller or, you know, I would love to do talks in the future. Uh, I'd love to meet, you know, I've met Tony Robbins, like things like that. You know, it's fun to fantasize about those things and about what of all the potentials that you could, you can accomplish, you know, Um, and just reading that every day and, or talking to yourself like that every day is going to build that self-confidence. Yeah. And, uh, for those that are listen, um, don't spend money on the secret, the book, uh, Shanad, <laughs> just, uh, described it in a few sentences. That's basically it. This visualization. You, you, you can talk about it every day, but it's all about that follow through. And then again, that's where the journaling comes in, you know, it's like, cool. So yeah. you want to be a New York times bestseller. Well, today you're going to write 10 pages of that book. You know, and it's about finding those goals and then breaking them down into like those micro steps. Um, And then that's how you accomplish those things. But 
um, yeah, but if there's anything from this podcast that I hope to uh, help anybody with, it's that journaling is the best thing that you can do for your mental health. And it's, um, visualization, you know, like it's, it's, um, you know, like it's, it's the subtle difference between when we're going to get this and, you know, like, um, if we're going to get this, I know it's it's, about the feeling of already having that, right. Of fake it till you make it. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. Know, like, oh my God, you know, like fake it till you make it, you know, like, please everyone remember that, you know, like it's, it's such an important, um, mojo, you know, like to, to live, you know, like with, you know, like it's, it's, um, just, yeah, fake yeah. it till you make it. Seriously. <laughs> like even when I was like, you know, quitting alcohol, it's like, I don't drink. I never drink. I don't like drinking. I don't even like the taste of alcohol, you know, whatever you have to say to yourself, um, it's going to feel right eventually, even if it feels a little bit silly at first, uh, it's just, gonna, yeah. it just all of a sudden becomes a habit. And I do, I did have a vision board that I made. I made like a little collage on my phone and I kept that as my screensaver on my phone for a while too. And I definitely found that to be motivating and like switching it up and making it a different collage all the time and getting new goals and tweaking things because, you know, we change people evolve. Yep. Sometimes you want different things. Um, I do think that there's a power to that as well through vis- visualization and, and, uh, all of that. And, and for those that listen, you know, like I, I, I'm, I'm probably the first one guilty of finding this super fucking cheesy, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know, like my wife has done, um, you, you talked about Tony Robbins, you know, like my, my wife has done NLP, right? You know, like she, she's like, a um, fully certified in, in you know, a neuro- neuro-linguistic programming. Oh yes, Exactly. And, uh, and so, you know, like you know, the visualization is super important and, you know, like, you know, like we just, we just did, um, uh, visualization, visualization board for what we want as our new house. Um, the, you know, like I was probably, you know, like I found it so, <laughs> I it's was like, and she stuck it. It's yeah, fine. I know, I know, I know. And, and she stuck it on, you know, like the back on my door, probably knowing that, you know, like I would, you know, like it would be, you know, like I would be the first one to find it so cheesy. And, but, you know, like I found myself, you know, like shutting my, the door of my office down and, you know, like looking at the board, I'm like, yeah, you know, like I want that, you know, like, yeah. I, you know, like I'm going to have that, you know, I can, so, um, you just need to take that first step in and, you know, like you, you, you real you realize soon enough that, yeah, you know, like it, it, and it, it, for those that are, um, for, for some nostalgia, you know, I like could you remind yourself of what you did when you got, you know, like any catalog and cutting for your Christmas gift, you know, like it, it was just like <laughs> wishful child- thinking. Is, there's like a childlike, like whimsical, magical excitement about it. And I think if you can just yeah. open yourself up to those opportunities, like it is fun and like not to take it again, not taking life so seriously. Like, you know, if, if you get to visualize something like, well, that's why you know, you go to a gym and they have motivational quotes or they have hot bodies like plastered on the walls. Like you need that visualization to get you to that goal, you know? So I think that is so important for people who, who want to go after something that they think that they can't attain. Start by getting a magazine, cutting out some photos, making a little collage. (laughs) And before you know it, like you're, you're making a new collage and you're leveling up. Craft yourself your new self. Yes. Yes. I love that. 
absolutely. Um, last thing I'm going to ask you is, you know, like, where can people find you? Are you, you know, like, are you, um, sharing that, you know, like quote unquote wisdom and you know, like everything you, you know, like that, that, that kind of, you know, I mean, what you want to share of the journaling and, you know, yeah, like you I talk about to, it. I try to share as much, um, whimsical manifestation, life coachingness on my Instagram. Um, so my Instagram is, uh, my handle is Sinead Stewart. So S I N E A D S T E W A R T. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I try to share, uh, as much as I can about my sober journey and help people along the way. Um, I also do free 30 minute calls, um, for people who are struggling. Um, you know, they want to work something out and they're not really sure who to turn to. I'm always happy, um, to help anybody out with, with anything that they are struggling with. So, um, awesome. that link is also on my Instagram. You can book a call with me there and yeah, that's it. <laughs> Yeah. And so for everyone that listens, um, Shanette's going to be sharing with me, um, all of the links and all of the contact information so you can find them on the description below. Um, and so, you know, like no need to worries and taking notes, you know, like you just scroll down and look at the description of the episode and everything's going to be there. So Shanette, I, I, I have, you know, like it's my pleasure to have, um, get to know you. Um, it is, it is, um, I'm having a blast doing it. You know, like I started yes. by doing it, by You're saying great. it, but this you know, is like awesome. I'm, this is so much fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Alex. I think, uh, your podcast is great and I love what you're doing. It's a great name too. Cold Turkey. Genius. I know <laughs> it's struck by lightning in the middle of the night and that name and image and sound, um, came just, you know, like call it whatever, you know, like it came from out there and just struck me. I was like, I got it. You know, like found my name. <laughs> yes, that was the universe. So, that was that, those, I love those like moments of inspiration. It's the best. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Can't explain it, but yeah. Thanks a lot for your participation in that journey. You know, like I, I love it and you know, like I appreciate it every minute of it. So, um, yeah, I, you know, like I, I wish you all of the best and you know, like you talked about, you know, like being in the, brainstorming process of you know like writing a book so i wish you all of the success of you know like that book and um yeah it was it was quite an appreciated time thank you alex i really enjoyed myself too hopefully we'll talk again soon and you'll be in your your new house it will most <laughs> i will, I will. <laughs> <Here we laughs> take go. care bye bye bye